G'day, Patrick Stack here from ABC Sport Daily. I hope you're enjoying these Saturday sport hits. Just a reminder, we do stories all week in case you want more great yarns with a sporting flavour. Aside from the episode you're about to hear, this week we also had a feature on NBA star Ben Simmons and his final shot at redemption, the insane race to break the two-hour mark in the marathon and a cricketing feel-good tale. It has real David and Goliath echoes. Just search ABC Sport Daily in the Listen app. This is an ABC podcast. Absolutely. As players, we, we do know that Hancock is such a great investment for our program. Uh, we are supportive of Hancock. All the players here are as well. That's Australian netball captain Liz Watson backing new sponsor Hancock Prospecting after the Diamonds did not wear a new strip emblazoned with their logo over the weekend. Are you confused as well? So the deal's worth like $15 million for a sport that's not presently flush with cash. Netball Australia and the Diamonds are still seeking to get on the same page. Why are players against wearing the strip? What does it tell us about the changing face of sports sponsorship? And where will athletes across many sports draw the line? I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Georgiana Robinson is a senior sports scribe for the Sydney Morning Herald. She's a regular panellist on Offsiders too, and she's covered this story extensively. Georgie, let's start with the sponsorship deal. Netball Australia, not in a great financial position right now. Hancock Prospecting and Chief Executive Jenna Reinhart ink a deal with the sport worth $15 million over four years. Why was this a problem for the playing group? It wasn't a problem for the playing group. It is a problem for Danelle Wallam, only the second Indigenous woman to play Super Netball and if she debuts uh, in the next series against England will be only the third Indigenous woman to play for Australia. She raised some concerns and the playing group in solidarity said, well, if you're concerned about it and don't want to wear the Hancock Prospecting logo on your dress, then we don't want you to feel out of place or any different to your teammates on your debut, so we won't wear it either. The Players Association, their union on behalf of them, uh, that they're really supportive of the deal. Look, we are supported. We've got a a Players Association that supports us as well. Um, There are discussions when they need to be had, um, and I think it's tricky because we are in performance mode, so we want to focus on that um, and leave the discussions to potentially post-series. It is just uh, Danelle Wallam's concerns about the company's uh, record with Indigenous communities and also, of course, the founder, Gina Reinhart's father, Lang Hancock's horrendous comments about potentially sterilising the Indigenous community so they could, quote, breed themselves out. That's, That's what Donnell's issue is with. She was quite upset about it. She raised the issue with the Players Association. They mentioned to her that there is quite a history of athletes on religious grounds or cultural grounds seeking exemptions and getting exemptions granted. That's the avenue she wanted to explore. Now, the problem's cropped up when it's it's come time for Netball Australia to negotiate with the Players Association over it. And, and that's where there's been some communication problems and from, from what I can tell, great mistrust between the union and the organisation Netball Australia and it's broken down over that. So we saw the Diamonds take on New Zealand and they weren't wearing the new, um, the new strip. What course of action was agreed to and what transpired as all parties tried to sort of navigate this space? 
It's a really funny story, Patrick. I think actually all parties concede that everyone is supportive of exploring that exemption for Danelle. Yeah, I think she's part of this program. She knows where we stand. We're supporting Danelle, um, obviously, with everything that's going on, and um, I'm confident that we will get a solution of this. The obvious question is, why has it become a media storm that reflects badly on Netball Australia and the players? And the answer's a little bit unclear at the moment. This is what I understand. There was an agree- a verbal agreement between the chairs of Netball Australia and the players' union that they wear it for the Constellation Cup against New Zealand, but when Danelle takes the court, as is the plan um, with Stacey Marinkovic's team against England, they don't wear it. It was all sweet, um, but something's happened. There are suggestions that the players' union wanted to put extra conditions on that, maybe make it a blanket rule, but if anyone ever in future has a conscientious objection to a sponsor's logo or a sponsor at all, that they have the right to say no to wearing it or, you know, maybe appearing in marketing campaigns or or things like that. And I think that's where Netball Australia has said, hold on, we feel more comfortable making it a case-by-case basis and not then putting in a blanket exemption that people can kind of take a ticket and say, I'm going to sit this one out for whatever reason. And, And that's where it's broken down. And unfortunately, because the deal was done on the eve of this Constellation Cup. It's then compressed the timeline and they've, they've gone to New Zealand. The players thought they were going to take the court in the Hancock prospecting dresses and then three hours beforehand they realised there's some doubt over that. They call the union, they say what's going on. The union's taken by surprise and they get some old dresses. And this is, you know, a couple of hours before a big game, which anyone in elite sport would know is not ideal preparation but also from from what I can see entirely avoidable had the players union and netball Australia I think had one a better relationship and better communication over it and confusion seems to continue to reign national skipper Liz Watson fronted the press today regarding this story um, what did she say on the matter she said they don't have a resolution. Not sure. I'm, I'm aware that Neville Australia and Hancock are still having the discussions and I'm confident that'll be resolved soon, but can't give a definite answer on that right now. They have a game Wednesday night, so they're running out of time. She also said that we are really supportive of Wallum. She is obviously new to the group uh, to come in here to actually uh, just be herself and feel comfortable and, and strong, and I know that the girls are supportive of that. But she also said we also understand that this is a major sponsorship deal. But um, It's something where we want to work through because we, we value Hancock and what they're going to bring to the program, um, so it's something that you know, we're taking seriously. These are women who have seen the sport go through massive transition and understand that a deal of this nature uh, is really important and it's three and a half million dollars a year and not only that it it isn't money that can be wasted by you know the administration on you know back office costs this is money for high performance that will go to high performance so it's a it is a very good deal for the sport i want the program to do well i want the girls to do well i want netball australia to do well that is a no-brainer so what however we do that um and communication is the key and that will be the first one of the issues also is i think that netball australia wants to know exactly what the issues are there hasn't been enough time for people to get in a room and talk about it and the players association quite rightly say and i think stacy marinkovic will probably quite rightly say on the eve of her debut is not the time to drill her on this let's get through this constellation cup and then the england three game series and talk about it then 
Kelly Ryan's the chief executive of Netball Australia. She's been unapologetic about trying to shake things up to get the game on a stronger financial footing. Is this the first time that that's resulted in her being at odds with sections of the netball community? No, it definitely isn't. There was pretty much a national story when five weeks out from the Super Netball Grand Final, Kelly Ryan announced that the grand final was was going to be sold off to the highest bidder, and that was the WA government. Look, it, it, it actually, as fate had it, it turned out well. The game sold well. It was, you know, probably the right call in the end, but it happened mid-season. Now, in, in Ryan's defence, she, she has said she would have liked to have sorted that out at the start of the season, but as it happened, governments weren't after content at the start of the season. Governments kind of started knocking on, on netball's door and indeed all the sports doors in the middle of the season, so timing wasn't in her control. This opportunity did come quickly at us and we fully embraced it and did our due diligence on it. Um, and unfortunately, for whatever reasons of, of, like I've just said, it has come late in the piece, but it was still an opportunity that we did not think was in the best interest of the sport to completely ignore. I think what's really interesting as well is that this is a $300,000 deal, I think, if my memory serves me. That's chicken feed compared to what, you know, a state of origin game or a Wallabies test or, you know, a, an AFL grand final might be sold for. And I think Kelly Ryan would also say, Unlike the AFLW, the NRLW or Super W in Rugby Union, we don't have a well-resourced, mature men's sport propping up whatever we invest in the women's game. We are on our own, and I think she would say, if we're going to survive on our own, we have to do what's in our best interests. So she is really trying to get the sport on the right footing commercially, but there are definitely questions over her relationship with the Players Association. More broadly, I mean... This is an interesting sort of trend in sport. We saw the manly rainbow jersey drummer. This issue with netball, Australia's men's cricket captain, Pat Cummins, has made it clear his distaste in being sponsored by an energy company in Alinta, whose parent company is a big carbon emitter. Um, mm. It's interesting to see this development of players challenging their management more frequently. I mean, what kind of issues is that going to cause both administrators and athletes as we move forward? It's not going to go away, we can say that for sure. There's a, a very famous footballer, Kylian Mbappe, a French footballer who plays for a French, French club, Paris Saint-Germain. And Paris Saint-Germain is sponsored by KFC and Mbappe has said, I'm not promoting health and fitness and playing elite sport and then taking, taking cash from a fast food company. So he has bowed out of marketing and the French vice president of KFC called it a crisis of youth, which I, th I think is a really neat way of summing up the fact that this is very much this generation of, of players who are very different to, you know, even, even half a generation ago, a decade ago, who just sort of took the money and did what they were told. Uh, look, talking to a number of CEOs and administrators in elite sport in Australia, I think there's a, an acceptance and an understanding that if a player has a deep-seated issue with a sponsor, that's very different to just sort of going on a whim and saying, well, I don't like the cut of that sponsor's jib, so I'm I'm sitting this one out. But for sure it won't go away. But it's also, it's actually not that new. Perhaps the volume of cases are increasing, but Usman Khawaja, Farwad Ahmed, two Australian cricketers who, who, because they're Muslim and don't drink alcohol, they were able to not wear the sponsor, uh, the sponsor's logo of, you know, an alcohol company, an Australian kit. Sunny Bill Williams, 
sought dispensation from the New Zealand Rugby Union and was given it because he's Muslim and uh, didn't want to wear a, a banking logo on his jersey, so he would tape it up. They attracted headlines, but the sports and the athletes found a way through. West Coast Fever is also sponsored by Roy Hill, who's owned mm. by Hancock Prospecting, and they've asked Netball Australia and all the stakeholders involved to sort it out. They've explained how important Reinhardt's investment is for them. I mean, do you think other sports like rowing or swimming who've benefited from the investment of Gina Reinhardt are going to see some turbulence here? I think they, they might. I think it's really different when you're talking about cricket, rugby league, AFL, rugby union the choices they can make about whose money they take and then the choices rowing Australia, the Australian swimming team and indeed Netball Australia. They're, they don't have the top tier of sponsor banging down their door. Gina Reinhart has a legacy of sponsoring the minnows, the Olympic sports that are poorly funded, if at all. You know, there isn't a lot of leverage when you're when you're an Olympic athlete who comes into prominence once every four years and has to fund your own travel around the world. And netball is not, it, it might be a very popular sport, but it is not flush with cash. Netball Australia has made a $4.4 million loss for the 2021 season um, and now unfortunately also has bank loans um, to, the, to, to just under $4 million. There's kind of two classes of sport here and netball is not in the top one. Georgina Robinson, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. Pleasure, Patrick. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed ABC Sport Daily. If you did, you can subscribe to our feed on the Listen app for more sports stories. A reminder, you'll still hear Sam Hawley and ABC News Daily on this feed with more cracking stories from Monday. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.